Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Literally, <laughs> literally was like, I want to watch BL while I work. I can't mm-hmm. do that. What's mm-hmm. the next best thing? And I was like, is there a podcast? And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Same. (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome to Lovecast, the Boys Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and with me are my co hosts, Pixie and Alexa. Hey. Hello. So this week, we're diving a little deeper into fan-made BL content, specifically art and fan art. Joining us this week, we have someone who is more than qualified on the topic. He's the illustrator of viral webcomics, of the viral webcomics, You Say Latinx. I'm struggling. (laughs) He also has written comics for Steven Universe and Rick and Morty, and he's the writer for the Marvel superhero series Reptile. He's recently fallen down the BL rabbit hole and has created some amazing content, which he's been generous enough to share with us. But everybody, please welcome onto the podcast, Terry Blass. Hi, thank you for having me. You have no idea. I woke up at 6 a.m. today like... Today's the day. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Like, wide, wide awake. Cute. It was like... It's like a tiny Nemo fish, which is like, today's the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you oh for having gosh. me. I'm really excited to hang out and chat. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you for coming to talk with us. So did you just want to start off by kind of introducing who you are and what you do in the art space? Sure. Well, my name's Terry Blass. I am a comic book writer and illustrator. I live just outside of Portland, Oregon, where I went to art school 
and I got an illustration degree. And I partly moved here because a lot of the independent comic companies are in this area. So like Dark Horse and Oni Press and right. Image. And after school just started working in comics and illustrating, I started out doing some covers and some interior comic book art. And then realized that when you draw comics, you have to be able to draw everything. And I don't want to draw buildings and cars. So, and I love drawing people. Surprise, surprise. So I was like, but I still want to work in comics. So I, I thought about like what I felt I could do well. And a lot of it was like organization, like character creation, things like that. And I was like, well, that sounds Mm -hmm. like writing to me. And then that's when my career started to, I think, move a lot forward a lot quicker. And so I mainly write the bulk of my work is writing now, which is funny because I have an illustration degree, but what I write, (laughs) I'm writing for another illustrator to draw. So I feel like that's still helpful. And that does mean, I mean, I still draw plenty. Like I'll do commissions Mm. for people sometimes Mm -hmm. if like I, if I need the money, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that does mean Mm. that a lot of the time I get to draw things that I want to draw more than necessarily something that I've been hired to draw. So right. that's sort of who I am and what I've, what I do. But yeah. Oh, it sounds so exciting. It's fun. It's a lot of, it's definitely a lot of work. It's interesting because right. I had already been working from home for like six years when the pandemic hit and everybody yeah. for six years had been mm. like, oh, you're so lucky you get to work from home and you don't have to like get up at a certain time. <laughs> and I was like, just wait, girl, like yeah. you're going to find out. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like you have to be a very self, I think, motivated mm-hmm. person and goal oriented. You have to do yeah. that for yeah. yourself because mm-hmm. n- nobody is telling you to get up. And, yeah. you know, yeah. there isn't mm-hmm. like a boss you have to show up to. I mean, mm-hmm. email, sure. But like, <laughs> you have to show up to a no one is watching or, you, know. you. No one is watching. You can do yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, it's, um, it I takes become, a lot of discipline. I, hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've, be- and I tell a lot of younger students that, that to, to worry less about, like inspiration and style and more about like dedication and, mm. and like motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the stuff that I feel like will take you long term. Much further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when, yeah. when, when like we decided to do this podcast, like I knew that I needed to have people with me because if it, if it was just me, <laughs> nothing would yeah. have been done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> It's definitely true. But I think like, aside from that, making stuff with your friends is like some of the funnest things you can do. Like, I feel like making comic books with my friends is like Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do when I was a kid. And so like I did, I did over a hundred episodes of my own podcast, like a decade ago. And (laughs) when a friend of mine asked me recently to start up another podcast with him, I was like, I'll show up, but like, I'm not doing no editing. I'm not doing no music. I'm not doing no I'll show up and I'll I'm talk, but talk. I know, yeah. I know how much work goes into it. Yeah. And, yeah. and the work yeah. that you guys have put into this podcast, I super appreciate because I listen to podcasts while I, not, not while I'm writing, but past few months, I've had a lot more artwork to do. And yeah. so, you know, I was able to like listen and binge and, and I can't necessarily watch BL when I'm drawing because I have to right. read it. So I've listened to a lot of the work that you have put in, and it's very much appreciated. Thank you. So people are like, yeah, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, it, it still feels like we see the numbers. Like, and obviously we 
have a Discord server where people are and stuff. But it still doesn't feel real <laughs> that people are listening <laughs> to us. I feel that way too, yeah. Oh, if, I, I, really I, I guess what I can like equate it to is I'm doing a couple conventions this summer, but I haven't done mm-hmm. any comic conventions in a couple years. Mm-hmm. But like you're kind of vulnerable standing behind a table. Someone comes up and they're like, Oh, hey Terry, and I read this comic you did, and I let and yeah. I'd be like, Whoa, what? And you're like, oh. and, yeah. And and you forget that like people consume the stuff that you put out yeah, into yeah. the world. So yeah. Yeah. I also forget yeah. like the stuff about myself that I've said on the podcast. So when you're like, Oh, I knew you're from the East Coast, I was like, I've said that on the podcast like a bajillion <laughs> times. So of course he knows I'm from the East Coast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Probably overshared a lot to our listeners, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's, I overshare to everyone, so it's new. <laughs> hey, you have listeners that lo- that love love it, so who cares? <laughs> True. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember. So Terry, I know you. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's a good thing. <laughs> because. Mm, <laughs> mm. <laughs> But (laughs) I know that you mentioned how you kind of grew up wanting to create comics with your friends. So, like, is art something that you were always really heavily involved in? Yeah, I've always drawn since I was a little kid. And drawing was, like, my first love, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I realized as my career started to shape itself in a different direction that drawing was the best way as a kid that I think I had to bring my stories to life. And mm-hmm. all of it was about storytelling anyway, because I wouldn't just draw like a character and be like, cool, done. I'd be like, oh, yeah. and this character does this and they they like mm-hmm. this old and, you know. And I also kind of approach some of my artistic practice through costume design, which I love. And mm-hmm. I took a costume design course my first year of college and was given a great list of just basic questions about characters like how much money does this person have how many siblings do they have what was their childhood like and really fleshing those things out to me feels very creative and Mm -hmm. so I've always drawn I've always like I I paint sometimes like when I have the time but I did a lot of that in art school I like to sing I'm okay at it Um, but yeah I've always been involved in the arts and I didn't see myself really doing anything else and yeah, I just, I don't know, I get a kick out of it. And I love creating characters. I feel like I've been very fortunate to have written a lot of the stuff that I have written and put out like original graphic novels as well. So yeah, I've always done it. I don't think I'll ever not do it. I'll probably be like 90 and like, <laughs> like drawing. Shaking hands. Right there, shaking hands. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this will be the one that people love. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so funny how did you get involved with working on things like steven universe and rick and morty being in portland i had lived there for quite a while i moved at the beginning of the pandemic because i wanted like more quiet and more space but living there for quite a while i got to know editors and people in comics who just through like conventions and whatnot and then i became a member of helioscope studio which is, I believe, the largest like collective of independent comic book artists in the United States. And so we share a studio in downtown Portland. So there's like desks that, you know, anybody can come in and who's right. a member and draw and write and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And so through them, I got to meet a lot of other people too. And 
I'll try to shorten this because it's, you know, it can, I can tell a story for an hour and a half. But I, through a friend, had done a cover for Adventure Time with Fiona and Cake, not, not Finn oh. and Jake, because I love Fiona oh. and Cake. Right. And I did a cover for that. I didn't even ask, but I knew that that comic company, Boom, was producing a lot of Adventure Time comics and that each issue had like several variant covers. And I was like, so to me, that seems like more of an opportunity. Like I have more of a shot at getting one of those. So I just drew one. <laughs> and then I told my friend who had done one, I was like, do you care? Do you want, would you be like, okay sending this to your editor? And she was like, yeah, sure. And then the editor was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. Sounds good. Issue. It'll be a cover of issue four. And I mean, having gone through art school and then meeting editors and whatnot, I knew that like what I had effectively done was someone's job a little bit of someone's job for them mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. an editor is editing so many projects. And then for every cover, like if there's four to six covers for one issue, they have to seek out six different artists. They have right. to ask them to draw different sketches yeah. and mm -hmm. then they have to choose one. They have to, you know, it's a long process. So I was like, yeah. here's one, it's done. <laughs> and I got to meet an editor there who I pitched a book to one of my original books. It's called Hotel Dare. It's essentially like, about these three kids, like, kind of like, what if you found out your abuela, your grandma was Doctor Who? Mm -hmm. This is that book. And so these three, these three kids get sent to live in like a creepy hotel in Mexico with their grandma and find out that every room leads to a different magical world mm -hmm. and that grandma does not own this hotel by coincidence. Um, and so mm -hmm. that book was, I, I essentially said, I want fantasy for Mexicans because I'm Mexican American. Mm -hmm. Right. And all of our modern fantasy is European in its visual language. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. like Lord of the Rings, yeah. Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. Yeah. I was watching that like Shadow and Bone and my husband was like, which one's this? <laughs> He's like, it looks like all the other ones. So just true. by default, having like a fantasy where the castles are pyramids and the dragon's like a feathered serpent, like doesn't that make mm -hmm. it unique mm -hmm. and different? Yeah. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of like adventure and I guess heart to it. Mm -hmm. And because that company published my book, they also published Steven Universe. Oh, and nice. an editor there messaged me saying, I like what you did with your book. We want to do, mm -hmm. I had always, in fact, I think I had tweeted about it. I don't know how familiar you are with Steven Universe, mm -hmm. but there's a, a character little. named Lars. <laughs> and I was mm -hmm. like, and he's in space. And I was like, where is the series about Lars in space? Like, <laughs> like this is, this like writes itself. Yeah. And that's what they wanted to do. And so they said, mm -hmm. They said, you know, would you be interested in pitching a story about this? Nice. I was literally flying to Palm Springs the next day. <laughs> and I was like, uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I'll get you something soon. And so while I was packing, like I was literally putting clothes in a suitcase and watching the episode that like pertained to what I would have to write and then taking notes and then putting a shirt in the suitcase. And I knew, I'll shut up here soon. I knew that if... I got something in that was good enough first, mm -hmm. then they wouldn't look for anyone else. Right. You know, that editor would be like, this mm -hmm. works great. Mm -hmm. So that night I emailed off a two page pitch about what I would do. Yeah. And the next morning when I flew to Palm Springs, when I arrived, I had an email saying, cool, let's do it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So wow. that's sort of how Steven Universe came about. Rick and Morty was through Oni Press who I had, who published my first book. So a lot of the licensed titles like that. I also did like the Amazing World of Gumball comics, which is a cartoon I love. Oh, yeah. But also through Boom. So yeah, that's sort of how that stuff got started. And coincidentally, when 
my agent was approached about me writing Reptile for Marvel, mm -hmm. it was because mm -hmm. the editor there had read Hotel Dare and like right. this Mexican American wow. fantasy because he's like a Mexican American teenager who can turn into dinosaurs. So it was great. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of mm -hmm. how it came about. That's very crazy. Like it goes to show that like just putting yourself out there is like the best way to get anything. Oh, yeah. Like if you're not Seriously. putting yourself out there, you're not going to get anything. So just oh, do it. My mom ran daycare for like 10 years and I learned real mm -hmm. fast that the kid that screens the loudest gets the attention first. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, it's wrong. like, I guess that's uh, the speaky wheel gets the grease, right? So true. Like, if you speak up, if, if you advocate for yourself, and you yeah. speak up and you're confident. It takes a while to, I think, for a lot of people to get there. But you can say, here's what I do. Here's why mm -hmm. I can do it really well for you. And mm -hmm. if you hire me, I'll get it done and I'll get it in early. And, you know, and then you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Life advice. Yeah. Yes. I have, I have a <laughs> complex where I have to be, where I was raised, I mean, I'm Mexican, but I was also raised Mormon and military. Oh. And so oh, I, wow. thrive on meetings, <laughs> I thrive on organizations. I thrive on organization. And as the child of an immigrant, it was like put into me, like you must work. <laughs> so mm. when the pandemic hit, yeah. I was like, I think I'll write four books. <laughs> That's, <what happened. laughs> That's how I deal. That's with one it. way to use <laughs> your yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like this podcast was started because I couldn't go through the pandemic you without can. doing anything. You can't not work. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a yeah. creative endeavor too, though. And it's mm -hmm. like keeps you, you we have to yeah. have things to look forward to. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, Definitely. what's the point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm really curious to hear more about this Marvel series that you have been writing, <laughs> Reptile, because I've never even heard of that. Oh, so that was my first thought too when they approached me. <laughs> like, Do you have any interest in writing this character? And I was like, one, obviously, Ooh. yes. Duh, I'll write anything horrible because I grew up loving X-Men. I grew Always. up loving all that stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, who is this? So then I read all of his comics. He's a character who's a teenager. He's been in com the comics for about 10 years. He was part of a young team. He was the leader of a young team that were the Avengers were teaching. So he it was called the right. Avengers Academy. So there was like these 10-ish oh, okay. young kids. Okay. But he had never had his own solo series. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to do a four issue, which is very mini series, usually like a six issue right. is what happens. They mm -hmm. wanted to do a four issue thing that just kind of made him more of uh, like gave him more of a personality. Mm -hmm. So I did the same thing with Steven Universe. I was like, sure. I read like, I don't know how many comics in two days, wrote up a pitch <laughs> real fast. Mm -hmm. And in my pit, so this is Reptile. And that's him. He can turn into uh, any nice. devil. He can turn into any prehistoric character or, or creature. That oh, there that's is. So cool. oh, that's so cool. But the thing that struck me about his story that of the previous comics that I'd read mm -hmm. was that his parents are paleontologists. And for me, a big part of my writing is representation for mm -hmm. queer people and Latin American people. Oh, because yeah. the fastest growing yeah. demographic in the United States is the college educated Latina. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where are the stories for them? Like, yeah, if that's sure. such a huge demographic, yeah. you know, they they need to have... I grew up in a home with three Latinas, mm -hmm. and none mm -hmm. of them were portrayed like what I see on TV. Right. And so I was like, well, he's going to have cousins because he's Mexican, 
One of them, they're going to be twins. One of them's a gay boy who designs clothes. And the other one is a girl who's a witch. <laughs> Love <laughs> and it. they were like, So okay. eclectic. <laughs> so it just so happened that they let me do that, which means that Ava, his cousin, she's now become a, a Marvel superhero in, in some of her own, not her own comics, but they did do an issue called Marvel Voices, which is one of these. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. she was on the cover of one of them. They had me write a story about her. But in... In the, in the story, his parents are paleontologists who, on a dig, went missing. And mm. I love that they have, like, cool jobs. Like, yeah. that's really great. But then he found this, like, amulet on a dig when his parent, like, the one before his parents disappeared. And, like, bonded to him. And that's what gives him his powers. The amulet. And, it's an amulet. <laughs> right? And then my question after reading all these comics was, where are his parents? Mm. Like, does he not want to know (laughs) and so i wrote a series where that sort of consumes him and he like can't let go of the past and at the end of the first issue a villain shows up saying you're gonna give me your amulet you're gonna give it to me willingly and he's like why would i do that and he's like because i know where your parents are (laughs) so that's the series i wrote i'm really proud of it it's all collected now into one volume that people can buy and hopefully they do more with him i they haven't told me anything but ava is now (laughs) a supporting character in a comic called Strange Academy uh, about all the kids in Marvel who do magic. And so she's now moved to New Orleans and goes to a school run by Dr. Strange. (laughs) Oh my God. Nice. The connection. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really happy that I got to create a Latina Mexican superhero for Marvel. So that, that makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. It's really meaningful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah kind of doing a turn into the BL fan art that you have been making. How did you discover BL and what was like your first series that you watched? Well, I mean, growing up, I, growing up, I loved manga. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of manga, so I knew about like Yaoi and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea that BL was an industry anywhere outside of Japan or that it right. was much that was done in live action. Same. Yeah. And I got Crunchyroll so I could watch the cartoon. <laughs> and a friend of mine was like, oh, you should watch this show. It's super cute. And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's called Cherry Magic. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, of okay. course. <laughs> so I, I watched Cherry Magic. I, <gasps> I binged it. I thought it was super yeah. cute. It but my is. honest reaction when I finished it was, did I just watch 11 episodes of flirting for the elevator doors to close before I got to see same mama this is not it i was like i can't like (laughs) can't leave it there and then i told this to a friend of mine he's like oh yeah that's a pretty big trope just like all this flirting all this whatever and then you never see anything and i was like well if that's bl like i don't know i'm here for that like "Mm, i don't know (laughs) and so a friend of mine in mexico his name's lalo he had been posting all these gifts all these images on his twitter and there were these they were like these two cute boys who were like always flirting and i was like what is so finally one day i asked him i was like what is this and he's like oh it's this show you should watch it. it's on youtube and i was like okay what and he sends me a link so i click on it and i start watching it and it was bad buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was i have the dvd box set from thailand <laughs> you, you got, amazing like, it's bad guys like it's really bad <laughs> and so I watched all of that. And then, of course, you know, by episode five, I was mm. blown away. I was like, oh, wait, what? So I'm not going to have to go through 
11 episodes of like, oh, no, they're not going to touch each other, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, (laughs) there's finger licking and everything here. (laughs) Um, And so for some reason, it must have just been like the right time. I must have needed some like self-care, some escape. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) But that show I really connected with to the Mm. point where I watched it three times. Yes. And then, you know, of course, ordered the, yeah, ordered the DVD box set. I went to the Japanese store just to find those seaweed snacks, guys. <laughs> Listen, we've all been all consuming. <laughs> but I, I will say that I think one thing that, that contributed to like this connection with it was that I, growing up, my mom and I watched a lot of sitcoms, but they were about black families. And right. because my mom is from Mexico mm-hmm. and she's like an indigenous woman, mm-hmm. I think she, you know, she would have loved, of course, to watch many a telenovela, but I think mm-hmm. she also would have liked to see sitcoms and shows about people who weren't necessarily white because she couldn't yeah. necessarily relate to that experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we watched mm-hmm. a lot of sitcoms together. And I think on some level, it was very refreshing to watch for me to watch a show that took place in a country that I know absolutely nothing. I mean, I know mm. stuff now, but that I knew absolutely nothing about. Mm-hmm. And, and I really connected to it that way. And I felt like it's hard to describe, but I felt mm-hmm. a very strong sense of nostalgia for a mm-hmm. time in my life that I didn't get to experience mm-hmm. because I was I know very exactly religious. what you mean. Mm-hmm. So, guys, it's really weird. This is a tangent, but my favorite <laughs> author, Gregory Maguire, he wrote the wicked series. He's sort of like okay, a mentor right. to me. His fifth book in that series just came out, and he coined this term "ephrarxis," meaning nostalgia for something that you did not get to experience. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Everything's coming together. Mm-hmm. It's really weird." Mm-hmm. But, it's like the heartstopper <laughs> impact that so absolutely. many people experienced. Yeah, yeah, yes. and that hit me really strong because, like, my teenage years were all about like church, <laughs> you know, suppressing <laughs> yeah. suppressing the fact that I'm gay, not no, being able to talk about it, mm-hmm. and I think that. In a way, Bad Buddy felt slightly fantasy to me because mm-hmm. there was this, mm-hmm. there was this atmosphere of, oh, all these, like, I thought when The Secret came out that, like, they liked each other, that all of their friends were going to be like, ooh, you're gay, yeah. what? And there was like, no, you know, like, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy's character was just like mad that his friend didn't tell him. Yeah. Like, none of them mm-hmm. care that they're, and I was like, wait, so you mean there's a world? Where the biggest problem is, does this boy like me? And my family yeah. doesn't get along. My families don't get along. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. So that felt really nice. And I think it was an mm-hmm. escape for me of like during the pandemic where I wasn't escaping into work. It felt yeah. like a yeah. self-care thing I could consume mm-hmm. to recapture this feeling I never got to have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was interesting to me. That's sort of how I got into it. I... I loved Bad Buddy so much that I, the reason I watched it three times was because I was like, if I watch another series, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> right? I feel you. I have now seen like 13 series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, if you want to know, I can tell you which ones. I would love to know. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I would love. <laughs> I won't linger. I won't talk about all of them, but there are a couple mm-hmm. of them maybe. I then mm-hmm. watched Tale of a Thousand Stars. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it because Love that it. story was very different than oh. the previous one I watched. I was like, yes. because I, I started reading a little bit about BL and I was like, oh, is every show going to be about college kids and one of them's an engineer and what? like, you know, and then this a one was lot, not. But not <laughs> to be fair, a lot of them are that way. <laughs> oh, I've seen, I've seen some now that, yeah. 
Yeah. So I watched Tale of a Thousand Stars. I watched, after that, Fish Upon the Sky. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. So I will say this. As a writer, <laughs> as a writer, I think another thing I responded to while watching BL was the fact that I felt like a lot of the series I was watching, I know it's not across the board this way, but mm-hmm. a lot of the series that I started watching were constructed in a way where there was never a loose end by the end mm-hmm. of the story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there was incredible setup and payoff mm-hmm. by the end. Yeah. And I really loved that. And structurally, mm-hmm. some BL is done where like it'll show you a scene, but you don't know yet that it hasn't shown you the whole scene. Mm-hmm. And then you get the rest of that scene two episodes later, and it informs that story. So yeah. mm-hmm. I really thought that was cool. It's like actually informed the way I want to write like future books and stuff. And so having that, and then also the experience of really feeling like a certain character is a certain way, and then having the rug pulled out from under you and getting more mm-hmm. information about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mentioned that because mm-hmm. in Fish Upon the Sky... When I don't remember his name, the main character, super cute glasses. I call him Ugly Betty because he's like yeah. not ugly. At all. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but when he Pooh and plays him, right? Yeah. But when he is really upset that he thinks they were making fun of him by taking mm-hmm. the picture, mm-hmm. that like I started crying and I was like, oh, I'm crying just like episode five of Bad Buddy and episode eleven and twelve. <laughs> And I was like, what is this? I feel so sorry for him. And then at the end, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, when he tells his love interest, like, you know, it's mostly that I don't think I could, like, stand to have people say bad things about you for being Mm -hmm. with me. I was like... <laughs> and so I rewatched that. I rewatched the the scene in the alleyway. Like, mm-hmm. like I think you guys may have mentioned this once before, but like, there are some times where I'm like, I feel like I want to cry today. So then I'll just, <laughs> I'll just go, definitely I'll just go to those scenes and I'll just watch yes. them in front of my computer and just like stop. <laughs> so yes. I watched this upon the yes. sky. I watched he's yep. coming to me, which I mm. loved. Like yes. super loved. That was so good. Because so far what I had seen was like men who fall in love with each other and were like, cool, mm-hmm. whatever, that's it. And, but the experience of being gay mm-hmm. had not really affected anyone. And mm-hmm. like Ohm's character in that has this incredible coming out scene to his mom and he's yeah. really upset and really mm-hmm. scared. And I was like, oh, so they do kind of acknowledge this sometimes in yeah. BL. And, and yeah. that was really, to me, it was a very mm-hmm. beautiful scene. I watched... Because he's my boy. And by yeah. this point, I was like, so wait a minute. Bad Buddy, Tell the Thousand Stars. Because he's over. my boy. All of these have Drake. <laughs> All of these have Drake. What's happening? The common denominator. Drake. Yeah. And that, seeing Drake in all of these shows, for, like, did something for me that I thought was really interesting. Because I identify as bicultural and biracial. My dad mm-hmm. is a straight up white guy from Idaho and my mom's like an indigenous Mexican woman. <laughs> and I don't think in the United States we see a lot of like bicultural representation in storylines on Definitely TV. Not. Like, like maybe every once in a while, but not really. And mm-hmm. throughout BL, like when Drake or when Perth would come out, I'll get to Perth. But when he would come out, <laughs> when, when, when the two of them would cut, like uh, come up, people would be like, people in the shows would comment on their looks or their experience Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like they would call them like more Western looking or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, Mixed and, race, yeah. 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 And I thought that like, not in any kind of negative way, maybe almost, mm-hmm. maybe in an almost fetishistic way, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I found that to be really interesting. So they're two of my favorite actors because I feel like I get to see not necessarily myself, but like someone who yeah. may have a similar experience, like Drake's from like, Drake's from, like yeah. Montana. I'm from Idaho. They like literally touch each other. Like I said, like I, I know all this stuff about you guys, like, like anytime I'm on Twitter and I see like a new drawing or an illustration or like some news about Godzilla, I want to send it to him. And I'm like, we're not friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't don't be that person. We're not. We don't know each other. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> so, uh, so I saw because he's my boy. I saw mm-hmm. Cutie Pie. Mm-hmm. That one was way more like sexy. I think than I thought it would be. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's the you can't have C without sex. Yeah. Then I watched. <laughs> then I watched. I hate that. That's too. true. Oh, together. I watched together. Mm-hmm. That one became another one of my favorites. Yeah. I lo- Again, I love the way that story was constructed and that you find mm-hmm. out more about mm-hmm. Sarawat's uh, character, like, mm-hmm. towards yeah. the end. But then yeah. when Tyne had... Oh, I'll get- there's a some else, someone else in that series that I love. But Tyne in that series, his character... It made me feel like Willow from Buffy the Vampire Star. I was like, I can't see her cry. I can't see her Ooh. in trouble. And then when Wynn yeah. when, when starts crying in that one episode, I, mm. I was like, I can't, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had the same yeah. reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found that to be really cute. The, one of my issues with Together was that Tyne's character has this super cute guy, Green, cooking for him beating mm-hmm. up guys for him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Icky. Icon. Like, <laughs> so, so through that, that also sort of made like, you know, as I'm experiencing BL and as I'm consuming all these series, mm-hmm. I'm having all these thoughts come into my mind about like performative queerness and, mm-hmm. and, right. uh, and be- because I then looked, of course, then I look up everybody's Instagram and <laughs> is his name gun? It's like Gus banana gun. Yeah. yeah. So I look him up and I'm like, Oh, this guy's like, not really like that character to me that mm-hmm. means he's a great actor he's mm-hmm. apparently on in his instagram posting many a picture and youtube vlog with his partner and mm-hmm. i was like oh so this actor is queer that's great queer. he's gay yeah and or i mean i don't know if he's gay he's queer whatever yeah but it made me feel really like i was i was so interested in the idea that like like the performative aspect of i guess queerness that mm-hmm. that ship bl couples display started affecting me because i was like if this is for the sake of selling sponsored products like seaweed <laughs> snacks or lip balm right right you know for acquiring mm-hmm. a dedicated audience that felt strange to me i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna say good or bad mm-hmm. you know but it was something i i thought about the one thing that i the one problematic thing for me i guess mm-hmm. about bl is when one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. 
Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When actors are told to be vague about their sexuality, yeah. With, yeah, with the intention, how do I put this? With the intention of instilling hope or fantasy yeah. that they could yeah. actually be gay, mm-hmm. yet actual BL actors who are gay aren't given like a starring role or their own series mm-hmm. and yeah. can't get mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, feels true. weird to me. Oh, um, yeah. True. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's been some discussion on your podcast too about like the inclusion of like, or trying to push out women from BL. And I, and mm-hmm. I'm not here for that. Like, I don't understand that. I mm-hmm. like, aren't we supposed to just like be included? Like, who cares if you love BL, you love BL and yeah. be respectful of the fact that it like was started by women. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so that just, I don't, I don't like I mean, anyone. Gatekeeping who... doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Like if you open it up for everyone, oh. that's not, like, it's not just a woman thing. It, like there's right. places for men to and be like everyone should just come in. <laughs> like it's really fun. <laughs> well, doesn't, the, doesn't the inclusion of men and women in the BL genre, I think, make it more interesting? Like it makes I, it better. Yeah. And I think that the tr- there's like this trope of like the secondary couple, right? And mm-hmm. I feel lucky yeah. that Bad Buddy's second secondary couple was these two women. I was yeah. like, this is cool. Right. You know? I was like, yes, great. Yes, <laughs> and so yeah, I, I, I'll say that. I think one of the reasons that I steered so clear of BL for a long time mm-hmm. was because I'm not someone who believes by any means that someone who is, say, straight can't write mm-hmm. a gay character. Someone yeah. who's not a man can't write a woman. I don't believe mm-hmm. that. Like, we all love mm-hmm. I mean, Avatar The Last Airbender, and those two guys aren't Asian. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's possible. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, we obviously should include people whose stories who have lived those experiences and want to tell those yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but what I will say is when I felt like BL and I don't feel like this anymore, but when I felt like BL was created by women mm-hmm. for a young female audience, mm-hmm. then I had to feel like I was viewing the flip side and say, well, would I want to watch a series 
about right. two queer women written mm-hmm. by a man intended for a male audience. Right. I'm not saying a man can't make a beautiful, like, like look at Bad Buddy. There's a, yeah. that's great. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to seek it out necessarily. Right. right but right. I think after mm-hmm. consuming, you know, it's just educating yourself. After consuming so many of these series, I feel like what you just said, Pixie, by including mm-hmm. everyone, it makes it yeah, more interesting. Product. It makes it more yeah. fun. So, yeah. so anyway, I'll get through the rest of these real quick, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched, uh, I then watched Still Together. (laughs) I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm saving the movie for like when I feel like I really need it because seeing all this like astrophile stuff on my feed now and I'm like, I can't see him be straight yet. I I support him being straight. That's fine. (laughs) If he has a girlfriend in real life, that's great. I just can't, I I can't see him. I'm not there yet. Um, So then I saw Star in My Mind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this one's about an artist. That's cool. He loves to draw. And so that was nice. Then I saw My Engineer, which I found to be very problematic in its, <laughs> yes. in its main relationship. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Like, King. That very. jealousy, that jealousy, and then misunderstanding, oh, it's so and toxic. then sorry, and then uh, the he says, like, I have he, says, about them. he says, I'll never do this to you again, like, ten and times. It doesn't. It doesn't. Again. It's so annoying. Like, okay. Never get jealous um, again. But that show has proof in it. And yeah, I found exactly. his character. Exactly. And Ram his King is beautiful. That storyline was Ram King, my loves. <laughs> what I found what I found funny at first was that the other friend group that Perth isn't a part of, like the other friend group, introduces a mm-hmm. character as, oh, he's this guy never talks. And I was like, no, this guy <laughs> doesn't talk. <laughs> like it was like a character attribute of a different character that didn't Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was trying to explain my engineer to someone and they were just laughing at me because I was like, well, no, you don't understand. Like one of them loves plants and the other one's like scared of dogs <laughs> or no, no he's, like, scared of dogs and he loves plants and the other one doesn't talk. And they were like, <laughs> it's peak romance. Like what is there not to get? Oh, um, but exactly. I mean, you know, I had fun watching it. Then I watched Gaia Sa Pelicula, mm, which yes, was a really Filipino. interesting experience for me because, mm-hmm. because since the Spanish colonized the Philippines for, you know, a while. Yeah. A lot of the language, there's a lot of Spanish words peppered throughout it. And I speak Spanish. So it was weird watching that show and then hearing, because they speak a lot of English in it too. Yeah. So like I understood half of what was being, or maybe two thirds of what was being said and then the rest not. But I'm not sure, but I'm assuming this was like a COVID production. Yeah. Because. Yeah. yeah, It was. It was. Because it like all takes place in this in like apartment, mm-hmm. yeah. But mm-hmm. that made me feel like this could be a really cool play, like done on the stage, mm-hmm. you know. So they could. So that was, and imagine like a stage show about movies. That would be kind mm-hmm. of fun. Cool. And Ooh. so I got you guys. I have a whole concept I've already dreamed up. Where like <laughs> sometimes, I love it. sometimes they're like talking about a movie, and you don't really see what they're talking about. So how yeah. funny would it be if, like, every time you saw the stage play, it was just a different movie and the text yes. was the same? Like, you don't understand. This movie's amazing. And it's like Romeo and Michelle or something. It's like my favorite movie. <laughs> but I think that'd be kind of fun. And I really liked that series. It was, I think, the first... Well, I mean, I saw Cherry Magic, which was from Japan. And then mm-hmm. this one's from the Philippines. So mm-hmm. most of them had been Thai. But yeah, so I loved Guy's Pelicula. I drew Pablo's portrait. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. He he retweeted it and wrote, love you, ho. (laughs) I was like, oh. 
he is the absolute we best. Love it was sweet. He's so oh, sweet. It was really cool. He's so sweet. Yeah, it was really great. It was really nice to see him like retweet my thing. It was, like mm. it made me happy. Then I watched Lovely Writer, which mm. affected yes. me. I watched I watched mm. it twice. Mm. <laughs> Bruce, I, the reason I feel like it affected me, you know, obviously I'm a writer and. And yeah. I related a bit to, oh my gosh, why am I not remembering their names now? Gene. I related yes. a bit to his character. <laughs> but the thing that I thought was very interesting about this and about Bad Buddy was the trope of like childhood friends, mm-hmm. which I yeah. love because I don't think, I mean, there's so much happening in the United States in regards to like libraries carrying books with queer content, mm-hmm. drag queens shouldn't read to children. It's, you know, all this like BS that mm-hmm. like, makes it so that queer kids don't get to ever see themselves represented and queer adults used to be queer kids. And, and so that representation I think is so interesting and so important and seeing the story of this little kid who like clearly has a crush on or loves his Mm. friend and is so affected by it. I haven't really seen that in like Mm -hmm. any American movies, you know? Yeah. And so that to me was really touching and really interesting. I loved that show. <laughs> I watched it mm-hmm. twice. I really found very interesting. I'm going to refer to your podcast again. I felt <laughs> very interested when you guys were talking about his reaction in the car when he finds out that mm-hmm. Sib was his friend because betrayal. I, I did have that quick moment of like, why is he reacting this way? And then quickly was mm-hmm. like, this man is in his house. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> then the like reading of his character as potentially someone who may be on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I was like, this makes so much sense to me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even if he wasn't just being someone who like, you have to open up your home, you have to open up your, you know, your heart, whatever to yeah. this person. And then, and then find out that some of this was they, not true. Yeah. They was yeah. very long. It was, yeah approach and everything manipulated yes. mm. i need that dragon i want that dragon plushie i want I it so it. bad it's in my bedroom <laughs> i have it i want it so bad where is oh, it like, oh. chair. But wait i'm gonna get it <laughs> yeah i want it it's so cute yeah oh, yes yeah, so cool and, and this is another thing that i love about i genuinely love about biel and not in an ironic way is the merchandising and the sponsorship <laughs> that happens yeah. in these shows <laughs> like they could be, and sometimes it's very easily seen as like, look at this product, right? But, <laughs> yeah, right. But at least there's like an attempt to make it part of the story or the mm-hmm. show. I had the same <laughs> thought. True. I had the same thought. I love that they are incorporating it into the story. And yes, sometimes it's a little bit drawn sure, out and it's a little bit knows. obvious. <laughs> yeah. but... Like, how cute how cute is this scene where like so bad buddy is about two boys who compete with each other oh like all the time and so then they even have to compete running up the stairs in their dorm like that was like oh this is cute this is fun and then one of them needs an inhaler after that yeah and and i was like okay so like it works yeah yeah and then another thing that i find that a lot of people not a lot of people some people i've shown bl2 who like kind of don't get it or like i don't know what this Mm -hmm. is that they react to is like funny cartoonish sound effects and i'm not gonna gonna say that they do that in telenovelas but i will say that the heightened 
fa- the heightened fantasy or drama of a Mexican telenovela <laughs> prepared me for the idea of like, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are all the series that I've watched. <laughs> I have a list of many, many more. Mm-hmm. I am currently watching <laughs> series now, but I think we'll get to that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like along the same lines of Paulo seeing your fan art, what other celebrities have you interacted with? In general, I've found like Twitter and Instagram to be a really interesting way for me to like send artwork to people that I love and potentially, you know, hear from them or whatnot. This relates in a very interesting way, but I'm a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I watched all of RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. Thailand at the beginning of the pandemic. And one of their hosts, her name is Pangina Heels. She, mm-hmm. I sent her a bunch of artwork because then she competed on a US franchise and mm-hmm. sort of like chatted with her a bit and like got to know her a little bit as like a friend. Mm-hmm. And just recently I saw that she did videos where she put up uh, in, in drag. drag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. is this? It's I coming together. I lived and, for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pangina yeah. also the did like, uh, I think it's on Pangina's Instagram, a quick video, I think on her birthday at her club that she owns in Thailand called House of Heels, where she like up is there at her birthday and they're like hanging out and he like kisses her cheek. And I was like screenshotting like mad. (laughs) Yeah. But it was so cute. And so that was, that was interesting to like, kind of, I feel like my ability to, to draw someone's portrait or, you know, to like draw someone as a cartoon or whatever is sort of my way of like, here, like I did this for you Mm -hmm. genuinely because I love you because it inspired Mm me do with it what you will. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've gotten a few jobs and referrals that way because that, you know, everyone right. needs a logo or a whatever. And I don't do logos, but <laughs> if it's someone I love, I'll give it my best shot. But the only other like BL actor or anything that I think has acknowledged it is Perth. When I drew mm-hmm. a cartoon of him, right. like wearing a Pokemon shirt, he posted mm-hmm. it on his like story, his IG story. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's fine. They have like four million followers. <laughs> like, I'm just like a drop in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, like the 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 pendulum drawing you did, like oh, I so love that one. So and see, cute. that one was really fun because I was like, I'm not even really drawing a person. No, I'm drawing yeah. something that they like. I'm drawing something that I feel like represents their, you know, fans or their fan base, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was more simple and but still kind of hopefully cute. No, I thought that would, perfect. I thought he would like that, but I didn't hear anything. <laughs> you guys, mm. I acknowledge that I'm like a 41 year old man. So it's kind of creepy for me to be like, <laughs> but, it's not. but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the BL fan art you've made, you must have a favorite. And like, just from the ones that you've shown us, I really liked your one of bright. I thought that one was yes. really That's nicely one done. One of my favorite ones. Thank you. Yeah, I so I drew it on like newsprint paper with a black colored pencil. Wow. And then I scanned it wow. and colored it digitally on my iPad. So like this is the original drawing. You guys, this stuff just sits in a drawer. This just like sits in a drawer. I don't know what to do with it. (laughs) Give it to me. (laughs) I love Bright. Then the other, oh, I can make prints and stuff. Don't worry. I'll send you guys stuff. Um, The other one I really like is a drawing I did of Drake. 
<laughs> from Because He's My Boy is this right, one. Yes. Yeah. I love that one oh, too. That was kind of mm-hmm. fun too. I did that one the same way. Um, the, like the one of Paolo I did completely on the iPad, just like drew straight on there. I think the first BL fan art I ever did is this little drawing of the Nong now. Yeah. Like, yeah, boy. that was so cute. That one's so um, cute. But I'm, I'm literally in the middle of two portraits right now. This one, which is like not done yet. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh, I love it. That's so good. And like, I just wow. started this sort of dr- of Drake, but you can't like really see it. You can see, you can see no, the eyebrows. You can see that. <laughs> I give away. I love Drake's eyebrows. Like, I love thick brows. I love thick brows. I think I'm that, a th- thick brow girly myself. So <laughs> that makes him unique to me. Like mm-hmm. to have a very, you know, it's the people who obviously all these men are beautiful. But, like, mm-hmm. it's the ones who have a unique look that I think people are more maybe intrigued to draw. Or, yeah. you know, like, I'll be honest, like, when I was like, oh, I think I want to draw bright. I was like, he has huge lips. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's great. I'm going to draw him. I commissioned an artist on Instagram to draw, uh, like, Nong Now for me. And his, his, uh, he go, his, like, Instagram is, like, snotty cat designs. His name is Ivan. <laughs> But he posted those, and I thought they were so cute. There's, like, some great BL fan artists that I've found just because, you know, I'll then start searching and see what other people have done. There's an artist. I don't know. I don't know if this is their real name, their IG name, or what. But I think their name's, like, Nans Karth. And they did mm-hmm. this this Bad Buddy piece that's beautiful mm-hmm. of the rooftop. And I mm-hmm. think they're also an artist who did, like, an illustration of of, like the characters from Bad Buddy on the roof, but, like, that's where they're getting married. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> it was really cute. Hard. Yeah. I was like, of course that's where they would get married. Duh. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's another artist who did a lot of pieces that were, like, pieces mm-hmm. from Together, pieces of Bright, of Ohm, Bad Buddy. And they, they're they called, like, Master Peter pieces, I guess. But there's just mm-hmm. a lot of other great fan artists that I've found, mm-hmm. you know, through posting my stuff and doing stuff that I think make it make it a fun interesting kind of like community to be a part of I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I think the community aspect is always especially when you think about how niche BL is like I think Pixie said in an episode or two ago like it feels so big when you're in it but in the grand scheme of things it's such a it's very small small (laughs) but like there's so many talented artists and creators and Mm -hmm. you know you're always finding new people and and finding new corners of the community through like things like art and fan fiction and stuff like that. And it's one of the best parts, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) So as someone who creates art professionally and also for fun, do you feel that there's like a difference in how you go about creating in those two avenues? I would say there's not a difference in how I go about creating I would say the difference is I only get paid for one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah. If I'm hired to do an illustration, like, like I was hired by a local company to do an illustration Mm -hmm. for their website. And I did it the same exact way as the illustrations of Drake and bright. I drew the figures on newsprint. I scanned them and then I colored them digitally. Some stuff, if I'm commissioned, I'll just do on my iPad, like the illustration of Paolo. But I don't think I approach them differently. I think, I mean, maybe in some sort of subconscious way I do, because I know that one of them is something I'm doing for myself or for fun. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe there's less of like a feeling of a deadline <laughs> mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel like I try to change up my style or anything when doing, I have two, two main kind of styles. And one is like this attempt at photorealism. And then the other one is mm-hmm. like cartoon. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on what I want to do. Yeah. I think I would probably mm-hmm. change it up that way, but yeah, the difference is just one of them feels probably more like work. The other one feels like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what has like your experience creating art in the BL fandom been like? Like, do you feel like you interact a lot with the BL fandom or you just kind of put <laughs> stuff out there and then run away? <laughs> I feel like I put stuff out there and run. Well, I wouldn't say run away. I feel like I put stuff out there and then I aggressively like, did anyone see this yet? Did anyone look at this yeah. yet? Anyone, um, yeah. But I would say that, that after posting like a certain piece, it is interesting seeing who responds to it. Some people mm-hmm. who like, I love meeting new people. I love making friends. I want to have friends in every Mm -hmm. country. I want, you know, and someone liked, I think my illustration of bright and it was like a Thai person who's studying in like Vancouver, Canada. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like six hours from there. Sometimes I'll drive up to Vancouver or whatever. That's nice. And, and then I'd be like, okay, I have questions about Thai. Can you answer these? And so like, Mm -hmm. then I would ask him questions about the language. (laughs) And so I feel like it's grown the BL community for me, like in terms of meeting new people, but mm-hmm. not, not necessarily new artists. I seek them out, I think, because I want to see what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And if I see someone's stuff that I really like, I will like it. I'll try to share it. I'll yeah. send them a message saying how much I love it. Sometimes that yeah. gets no response, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I would rather tell somebody that their stuff is great and hopefully yeah. make someone's day than like not. Mm-hmm. I try to use Twitter in in a couple ways where I post stuff. I mean, I still complain about stuff on Twitter, but (laughs) I will, I try to post my work to share what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then I try to make someone's day better. And Mm -hmm. I could just be, you know, through a nice message or through complimenting someone's artwork or whatever. But Mm -hmm. when I feel like Twitter is like the toilet of the internet, then I feel like (laughs) that's something that hopefully I can try to do to combat that. And same with, mm-hmm. same with Instagram. But yeah, so I feel like it's grown my community in terms of knowing other people who like BL. And I mean, I, I feel like when you become a fan of something, at mm-hmm. least when I do, I have this obsessive compulsive kind of like, now I have to know everything about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, same. and, and literally, <laughs> literally was like, I want to watch BL while I work. I can't mm-hmm. do that. What's mm-hmm. the next best thing? And I was like, is there a podcast? <laughs> And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. S- same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy yeah, how I, things work out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I relate to that, like, feeling of, I can't like things casually. So mm-hmm. when I am getting into something, it, like, consumes all of my thoughts. And, like, obviously, yeah. like, I'm the same. I like to watch and listen to stuff while I'm working. But... I can't watch drama. So I, I'm like really mm-hmm. into like podcasts and also like commentary videos. So I watch a lot of like commentary oh, I, videos. Yeah. On and that's how like we came across Kayla's channel because they do a lot of the commentary and looking into that side of things. And so like that's that's like it's cool how like that kind of stuff can also result in connections and 
expanding you to a different side of the fandom. Yeah. I mean, considering that I'd yeah. seen Bad Buddy like three times, I was like, okay, I guess I'll just watch reaction videos of people watch- yeah. <laughs> watching an episode that I'm very familiar with. Yeah. That's the next step. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, when the reason why this podcast means a lot to me is because I'm, I'm a very verbal person. So I need to, I need to talk about stuff and I have no one around me I can talk to this about. Like, seriously. No one will listen to me talk about BL in my life. So I really understand that. Yeah. I mean, so having, I have like a friend on the internet I can chat mm-hmm. with about it. But yeah. like my, my husband doesn't get it. Like, that's no. fine. That's not his thing. Dang. But like, you know, a lot of my friends, they're like, oh, that's cool. That's nice, Terry. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you found something. Okay. So I think being able to talk about it with mm. other people is a cathartic kind of a release of like, you know, you want to share because if you love something, you really want to share it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to talk about it, I think is the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't enough for me to just write like be on the discord servers and Twitter and it just wasn't giving enough. So I had to get it out somehow and I cannot do reaction videos because I have, don't have the patience to sit there and edit. (laughs) so so that's not gonna happen and i need someone to bounce things off of i can't just sit alone and talk about something Mm -hmm. i need to like kayla and alexa know that i come totally not prepared for anything i just (laughs) talk bullshit the entire time you guys i made notes you don't even understand see you're you and kayla are on the same plane the notes i mean i I understand because after After, like, 10 episodes of my own podcast, I was like, you know what? What they get is what they get. I'm not editing that out of this anymore. Because <laughs> it takes a lot. And I think yeah. I think we don't want to take away from, like, the, you know, you record something and it's fun and you want to put it out there. And then you're like, okay, guys, sorry. It'll be, like, three weeks because I have to edit this now. And uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's too much. Mm-hmm. You just want to, like, mm-hmm. share mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the most fun things with this podcast as well, uh, with the people that are communicating with us or leaving us messages on the Discord or YouTube uh, comment sections or stuff like that, is seeing all the different opinions and points of views. Because Mm -hmm. I feel personally that I've had a lot of growth from hearing what other people think. Mm. And I find it like that we can be more like open and acknowledge other people and their views on things have like made me a like better person. (laughs) I remember hearing an episode where I think it was Gaia Sapelikula, where you talked about Mm -hmm. seeing that show Mm -hmm. sort of like opened your eyes to certain issues that you hadn't Mm -hmm. thought about before that you had Mm -hmm. thought of in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think when that happens Mm -hmm. to us, our inclination is, you know, when we, when we change an idea that we had, or when we learn about a new idea, we need to, we need to share that. And so I think that's a great way to do it is like, Mm -hmm. you know, a discord server and a podcast and reaching out to friends. So Mm -hmm. that, that also does a lot to like expand and create community. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So we've been talking for quite a while, but to wrap things up, of course, we have to ask you what BLs you're currently watching. Okay. <laughs> Ready for this one? <laughs> so I will, I will preface this with saying that some of 
the ones I'm watching, I wouldn't necessarily like qualify as BL, but tangential mm. to BL. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. okay. So, of course I'm watching vice versa, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think it's super I've cool. I've been enjoying it a lot so far. Yeah. And I, I really like seeing Jimmy in this role. I think it, mm. he's like really good. And I'm glad that he's been given another opportunity to like do a series. And it's been really interesting too, seeing like Omen and Nanon together again. Like, yeah. anyway. But so yeah, I really like vice versa. I love the actress who's, or the actor who's playing the character that is like a guy who woke up in this woman's body. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because that actor, I think, is doing a really great job of conveying like what that, what that character feels on the inside. For sure. And so that's, that's a great character. So I've, I've been loving vice versa. I started watching The Shipper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the shipper is my guilty pleasure. Like, seriously. <laughs> I am loving it so much. And I just got to the part where the main character, so I never know what to call them because they're either Pan or Kim, but it's Pan inside yeah. Kim's body, right? Has yeah. just revealed to Soda, like, who they are. Mm-hmm. So that's the part I just got to. So I'm maybe about halfway through. I'm starting to get a little incestuous. That's kind of whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love the shipper. My, I will say that once I finish these illustrations of like Drake and Perth, my next illustration I want to do is of Jenny as the angel of death. Mm, because yes. I think that's such a cool, funny, like I posted on Twitter, like Jenny is it's giving amazing. me everything in this series. It's so yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, so funny. <laughs> she like eats up the screen. It's like so great. Yeah. Definitely. So the shipper, I haven't started Kin Porsche yet, but I like a friend of mine who also watches BL is like, you need to get on this. And so like, that's the next one I'm going to binge. And then there's a Korean, it's not narrative, but there's a Korean dating show. I just started watching. <laughs> called right. Man. Yeah. You're yeah, watching it. I yeah. love it so much. It's so cute. <laughs> um, I found it to be a really interesting experiment. How the men in this show in the first like one and a half, two episodes can't reveal their age or their profession. Mm-hmm. And how that might affect mm-hmm. how the others see them. So yeah, I've been loving that. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I'm watching, which I would feel like not even a fan if I wasn't watching, is Mama Gogo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, that may as well be it. I love it. I think it's amazing. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So those are the series that I'm watching. Nice. There's one that I that I feel like is moving up my list because in an episode, a recent episode, all three of you said it was one of your favorites. And now I'm trying to remember what it was. Until we meet again. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yes. So that one's moving up my list. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's the one show that we all agree on is on the top. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so I'll have to get on that but, one. Yeah. 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 Get mm-hmm. ready to cry. Okay. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Good. Bring on the tears. <laughs> Even though there's a lot of angst, it still has that yeah. like really good wrap up uh, that a lot of mm-hmm. BLs have. Right. Yeah. So. And honestly, yeah. there's a really intense start. Just like get through cool. it. It's very okay. intense. Yeah. Like, That's fine. <laughs> You'll understand. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Once I once I start it, I'm gonna send you all a message and be like, "It's happening! It's happening!" <laughs> I'm excited. Oh gosh! So, do you have any current or upcoming projects that you want to share? 
Yeah, I'll say that I have a few graphic novels out. Hotel Dare I already spoke about. Mm -hmm. And I have another book called Lifetime Passes that is my most recent original graphic novel. Claudia Aguirre, who's like my sister, she's the artist on Hotel Dare and Lifetime Passes. It's hard to describe, but it's a, it's a dark comedy about these teenagers who go to this theme park that they love. And they find out that if a member of your party dies while at the park, that they will give you lifetime passes to the park to avoid oh. a lot of legal trouble. So they decide to form a fake <gasps> senior citizen outreach program to take the elderly to the park every week in the hopes that while they're one of them might die. <laughs> So that's that book. It's hard to describe because it's like not an easy oh sell. God. But the main character yeah. is a young Mexican-American girl whose parents were deported. And mm. her parents used to take her to this park. So she has an emotional connection to it. And her mm. aunt is the head nurse at this elder care facility. And there's an old lady named Phyllis who knows exactly what these kids are doing, but volunteers to go with them anyway. And Jackie and Phyllis become good friends and she doesn't want anything bad to happen to her and realizes that what she's been doing is very wrong. And the other kids are like, if you stop this, we'll say it was your idea. Her aunt will, your aunt will lose your, her job. So it turns into kind of blackmail and it, yeah, anyway, that's that book, but I'm very proud of it. It's called lifetime wow. passes and you can get it anywhere. You can get comics or books. And I have some other stuff that hopefully will be announced within a month or so, but can't nice. talk about yet. Nice. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Do you have a favorite BL artist? Share down in the comments below or over on our social media. Huge thank you to Terry for lending us your expertise for this week's topic. We love spending the past hour or so <laughs> talking about BL with you. And we'll leave all of his links in the description and be sure to check him out. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sharing this episode with your friends really helps us out. So thank you for joining the episode this week, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's really nice to talk to you guys. It's going to feel really weird because I've listened to almost every episode except for the ones that talk about things that I haven't, shows I haven't seen yet. Right. Uh, right. And so I'm like, when you mentioned gaming, I'm like, oh, like League of Legends and World of Warcraft. I know you used to try <laughs> like, I don't even know, you, I know so much about you. <laughs>
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.